Welcome to Prayer Huddle, a community that seeks to host God, influence lives, and revive hearts. The message you're about to listen to is a word in season to make your spirit soar like that of the eagle. Thank you for listening and stay blessed. Father, I thank you for your spirit that is with us here. Thank you because you have prepared the table and you have given out a call. Come, all that is hungry and thirsty, the feast is ready. I pray in the name of Jesus, the feast of the Holy Ghost will be impacted in our lives today as we hear the word. Father, I ask for transparency of the Holy Spirit. I ask for revelation. I ask for light and insight. I ask for unction, O oh God. I bring myself humbly under your mighty hand and influence. And I pray that in due time, each one of us will be exalted by the revelation of your spirit. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I pray for every heart here. I ask that nothing would stand as a barrier to the oppression of the word of God. While Jesus taught the power of the Lord was present to heal, I pray that as I will be delivering this word, O God, let your word work wonders in every aspect of expectation in the life of your children. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The winning faith, the winning faith, the winning faith. Now, it is important to know that the winning faith is an overcoming faith. The winning faith is an overcoming faith. The winning faith is an overcoming faith. God has called us to a life of victory. God has ordained every child of his to a life of victory. In fact, soon as we are born into the kingdom, amen, we are born into a heritage of overcomers. That means there is a long line. There is a long line of heroes and overcomers in our spiritual lineage in Christ. We come and descend from uh, an ancestry of faith, if you will. We have a long line of fathers, patriarchs, matriarchs, mothers, heroes of faith. So we are born into a heritage of overcomers. I love the word of God. Return with me if you have your Bible. I like the way some of you are focused right now. Because it's easy to be distracted. Amen. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I love the way our brother opened up the prayer. He was saying that the encounter we will have with the word of faith today, with the word of God, will launch us into a world of experts, a world of impact. Now, you and I need to understand that as a child of God, you are ordained to a life of influence, a life of impact. And that means that everything God has written and ordained concerning you 
has, has, has a way for it to be delivered. There's a way it's meant to manifest. There's a power that is meant to power it to happen. And that power is faith, the winning faith. The Bible says in 1 John, turn with me to 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. It says, for whatsoever is born of God. So whatsoever is born, if you are born of God, born again, that's what it means. If you are born again, if you are born of the water and of the spirit, hallelujah. He said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the word. And this is the victory that overcomes the word, even our faith. So our faith is the means by which we are overcomers. Please, very important. Our faith is the means by which we are overcomers. You need to understand that the Bible says that now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Hebrews 11. He said, for we understand that through faith, through faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. We understand that. That through faith, the worlds, the things we see, are framed, are shaped, are created by the word of God. In other words, that which is seen has its raw material from that which is not seen. Amen. Now, it's saying that we understand that by faith. We understand. We're not there when it happened. But by faith, we have a comprehension and a grasp of the working power of God to bring the world into existence. Out of nothing. Out of the unseen. The seen is best for. That's what we're talking about. That in your life, you become God's conduit, God's conduit of bringing into existence that which is not seen, that which does not exist, out of that, amen, praise the Lord, which is unseen, the word of God that lives and abides forever. There are many ways to please God. You can please God through holy living, you can please God through living a life of dedication and prayer. You can please God through obedience. You can please God through a life of fasting. God said, this is the fasting I approve of. So you can please God by fasting. You can please God by your giving. Solomon gave a thousand offerings, burnt offerings to the Lord. And God was pleased. God said, what can I do for you? You can please God through different means as provided in scriptures. But can I shock you, of all the ways to please God, none of them is possible without faith. This is important. Through holiness, you can please God. But even holiness, none of it is possible without faith. None of it is possible without faith. He said, for we know without faith. So it means that even if you have acquired all spiritual virtue in your work with God and you don't acquire faith, faith as we're talking about it today, you still might not please God. Why? Because you will not be an overcomer. And what God has ordained for every one of us is to be an overcomer. If you're an overcomer here today, shout hallelujah. 
I want you to shout hallelujah. Declare and hallelujah. say, I am an overcomer. In the I name am of Jesus an overcomer. Christ. I am yeah. an overcomer. You see, the word of God says in 1 John, the same 1 John chapter 5, verse 19. It says, and we are of God. Amen. He said, we are of God. However, the whole world lieth in wickedness. The whole world is under the domain of wickedness. What that is saying is that even though we are of God, even though we are born of God, we coexist in an atmosphere that is hostile to our destiny. We coexist and we live and we are pilgrimage in a realm where there are forces of darkness, there are powers of wickedness trying to stop the plan of God on our lives. And it takes the winning faith to be an overcomer, to overcome. It takes the winning faith to overcome. You know, Benson Idahosa, I don't know if some of you know him, a great man of God, raised in Africa, the city of Benin. This man went all over the world, preached the gospel from Europe to America, to different parts of the world. He was mightily used in the miraculous. He had unusual boldness when it comes to the things of the spirit. You know, when he started, he said one day, God told him in the city of Benin, that it is time to take possession of the city. And God told him, begin a fast and begin a prayer walk. And he was every night, he will fast, he was praying. And every night he will go around the city and he will be walking everywhere in the city. And I think by the time he did that one or two days into that program, uh, some things were flagged up in the realm of the spirit. And the powers that be, the Bible says, the world lieth in wickedness. Listen, the powers that be decided to, you know, make a move to stop him. And he said one night he came out and every junction, what we call junction is like, you know, the way the roads are built, where two roads meet or maybe three or four more roads meet and there is a probably small roundabout and then you know there's a place where you can either turn the other way or but very important interlocking points of roads and he said each point he got to he saw sacrifices sacrifices made with blood and he saw his picture in each of those sacrifices they put his picture they put the sacrifice, they put blood on it. Ah. He walked further again. He saw another one. They had his picture there. Defamed with the sacrifices. He went further. He had his picture there. Defamed with the sacrifices. He went on. He said every nook and cranny of the city, he saw sacrifices there with his picture. He said fear gripped him. Now, this is a man of God speaking. How many of you are, how many of you know Archbishop Benzeda Osa? He said he was afraid. He fear gripped his heart. That what is God, that this is my picture all over the place. And he said, Lord, in wisdom, should I go back home? And the Spirit of God said to him, Don't go anywhere. Because this night is the night that you will begin to gain victory over your enemy. 
That's the conquest of faith. That's the conquest of faith. There are a lot of God's children. We are, they are afraid of witches and a wizard. There are a lot of God's children. If, if somebody threatens you or puts or does something, some of us have encountered those kind of things, okay? You know, somebody, if somebody does something with you and you're just afraid, or somebody puts something in front of your house, you'll be shaking. Or if somebody threatens you with word of mouth and say, you, I will do this to you. There are a lot of God's children that will not sleep. I'll be so afraid. But the Bible says the winning faith if you possess the winning faith, listen to me, my sister, all that dream and all of that, you can have a dream. You can have attacks in your dream. The Bible says we are of God. The whole world lies in wickedness. You can be attacked in the dream, okay? But what you do after that attack is what announces to heaven, announces to hell whether you have a winning faith or not. What you do after that, after that encounter, do you wake up after that encounter and put the winning faith to work? Or you just shiver under your blanket. You know, some people don't have a dream and they will just cover themselves with more pillows. <laughs> <laughs> and have more pillows on themselves. More pillows will not shield you. More pillows is not a shield of faith. There is the winning faith. There is the winning faith. Hallelujah. And if you hear somebody has vowed anything, somebody has said anything, we here, by the grace of God, we are living testimonies of the boastings of Satan and how God makes a rubbish of it. God will make a rubbish. I'm saying this. God will make a rubbish of every bursting of hell concerning your life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I said God will make a rubbish of every bursting of hell concerning your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Ah, the winning faith is an overcoming faith. It's an overcoming faith. Again, the winning faith is an unstaggering staying faith that inherits promise. The winning faith is an unstaggering. The winning faith does not stagger at the promise of God. It does not shoot at, it does not shake. That's the winning faith. The faith that wins. This, it's important. When I was praying for this meeting, the Lord began to show me that he wants to raise faith giants from this meeting, from this series. Faith giants. Listen, if you carry a mentality that, you know, there's a song, and Sarah, Sarah, what will be, will be, right? And you carry this mentality of, ah, Lord, Lord, please don't just let anything happen to me, you know, and whatever will be, will be. You are not walking in the realm of the winning faith. Now, you are a child of God, but you have not entered that realm. If you are the type that you pray, and the way you pray, some people pray out of fear. Do you know that? I hear some people's prayer, and I can tell fear. You're praying out of fear. Hallelujah. You're praying out of fear. God does not want you to pray out of fear. He wants you to have the winning faith. And I pray today, something will happen to you. There's, there's somebody you have lived long enough under the influence of the spirit of fear. You've lived long enough. It is time to emerge in the winning faith, the overcoming faith. Hallelujah. 
It's all staggering. It's a staying faith that inherits the promise. A lot of people quit just before their visitation from God comes. A lot of people quit. Now, they might still be on the race, but they quitted with their mouth. They quitted with their confessions. Oh, I don't even know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I just keep going. Only God knows. I just, I just keep going. They, they, but the winning faith is resilient. Hallelujah. The winning faith is resilient. It's, it hangs in there. It stays on in the fight. It maintains the ground. He continues to push through. He continues to hope. Hallelujah. In Romans chapter 4, he began to talk about Abraham. Let's read Romans 4, verse 17. Romans 4, 17. I got to get this going quickly. Romans 4, verse 17. The winning faith is unstaggering and a staying faith is a faith that does not shake. Amen. It says in Romans 4, from verse 17, And as it is written, I have made thee father of many nations. This is Abraham. Before him, whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things that be not as though they were. Who against hope believed in hope? Look at that. Who against hope? The Amplified Version says, Who against hope, hope being gone, he hoped in faith. Hallelujah. He hoped in faith, hope being gone, he hoped in faith that he might become the father of many nations. According to that which was promised, so shall thy seed be. Verse 19, very important. And be not weak in faith. You know, you be not weak. What was the test of his faith being weak? It had to do with waiting, long waiting. Okay, not quitting before time, long waiting and awaiting of the promise. And he did it in hope until he saw the manifestation. God has promised him since he was 70 and the promise went on 90 before he saw the reality of the promise. This man hung in there. Being not weak in faith, he considered not, not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old. I mean, he, he, he pushed through till a hundred years old. Neither yet did he consider the deadness of, the, of, of Sarah's womb Verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. He staggered not. He staggered not. How am I going to handle this family all by myself? How am I going to provide for these children all by myself? He staggered not. All the great things that God has shown me, how are they ever going to come through? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God, and being persuaded that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Now, please, it's important to know that in our walk with God, we engage promises. Hallelujah. And in our engaging promises, we engage hope. Hope 
helps us to follow after God who makes the promise. But faith is what lands us safely in the destination of the promise. Hope keeps us following. Faith gets us at the arrival. Hope, in the Bible says something about hope. In Romans 5 verse 5, he said, Now hope maketh not ashamed. Hope is important. Okay? Hope is what causes our heart to follow after the Lord. I hope, David said, all the days of my life will I hope in him. There's a hope for a tree when it's cut down at the spot of water will spring again. Now, but you need to understand that in the New Testament, those of us born of God, we are not called into a life of endless hope. The Bible says Jesus Christ in us, the hope of glory. There's a hope. There's a glory. after Our hope is a glorious hope. Amen. The children of the Old Testament, they were called in hope. In fact, I don't think the children of the Old Testament had faith. But they had hope to keep following God. But we have been further equipped. We have faith. Faith, the crowning of our hope. Faith, the crowning of our hope. In Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, in Romans chapter 15, verse 4, it says, and all the things that were written aforetime, the things we read about the Old Testament says, it said they were written for our examples that we, through patience and comfort of scriptures, might have hope. God wants you to be hopeful. Amen. God wants you to be hopeful and even more, take your hope forward. The Bible says, Abraham hoped in faith. Not hope in well wishes, but hoped in faith. I hope in faith. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible says that when the children of Israel left Egypt, there were two routes, actually. There were two routes. The Bible said God could have taken them through the shorter way but if they went through the shorter way to the promised land, they, they would have seen war. What war? War against their faith. War against their confidence in God. And the Bible said they'll be weak. So God chose the longer route to have enough time to advance their hope into faith. To advance their hope into faith. If there's any big problem God had with that people is their unbelief. God continued to school them 40 years. It took 40 years for them to arrive at it. I pray for you that unbelief will not drag your journey. Unbelief. I say again, unbelief, unbelief. Oh my God, you, you better say amen to this is powerful. This is powerful. Unbelief will not drag your journey. The winning faith is an unstaggering faith. It's an unstaggering faith. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 11 to 12. Hebrews 6, verse 11 to 12. He says, be not slothful, but be followers. God, the Bible is replete with examples. We come from a lineage, a heritage of faith heroes. He said, be not slothful. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12. Uh, let's read verse 11. I love verse 11. How many of you are enjoying this word? You see, it is the, this kind of, kind of word that you up. There's a building up with this kind of words. This is, you know, at times we can be in the church shouting and praying and shaking our head, but when real faith 
the real faith, the substance of things, hope for evidence of things not seen, when it becomes concrete in our spirit, we will even pray less and see more results. Because faith is powerful. Faith is powerful. Hebrews chapter 6. Look at what it says in Hebrews 6, 11 and 12. He said, and we desire that every one of you do the same diligence to the full assurance of your hope to the end. Now, every hope must have an end. Every hope must have a good end. Hallelujah. Every hope must have a good end. He said, we desire every one of you to show the same diligence. Now, there is a diligence in building our faith. To, to have a winning faith, there's a diligence invested in it. He says, so that your hope will transition into the faith that lands you in the destination. Hope will make you follow God of the promise, but it's faith that brings you into the inheritance. He said that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit promise. Receive an impactation today of the unstaggering faith. Amen. The unstaggering faith. I know what I'm talking about, people. I know what I'm talking about. I, I prophesy to you. Even the things you have forgotten, even the things you don't know you prayed for, you hoped for, I pray after this series, in the course of this series, something will happen to your faith. It will be delivered in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Let me hear the loudest. Amen. Or staggering faith. Or staggering faith. Now, the winning faith is the saving faith. It's also the saving faith. It's a saving faith. How do we mean? The Bible says in Ephesians 2 verse 8, you, he said, you are saved by grace, amen. You are saved by grace, but how? True faith. You are saved by grace. Grace saved us. He said, lest anybody should boast, amen. He said, but how it happened is true faith. How did faith save us through you know, how did grace save us by faith? No, sorry, I take that back. We are saved by grace through faith. But how did faith maybe happen? How did faith bring to us the reality of that salvation by grace? It is through the word of faith. There is something called the word of faith. You heard the word of faith. You heard the preaching of the word of God and it produced faith in your inside. And your response to that word is what granted that grace that gave us the experience of salvation. Look at what the Bible says. Thank you, sir. Look at what the Bible says in Romans. Let's go to Romans 10. Romans said, this is, this is very important. This is very important, Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 10, it says something in Romans 10, verse 8. Whoa. I like to read from verse 6. It says, but the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. 
Say not in your heart, we shall ascend to heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, but we shall descend into the deep to bring him up again. Now, verse 8, he said, but what does the righteousness, or which is of faith, what does he say? He says in verse 8, but he saith this, the word, which word, which word, my brothers and sisters, the word of faith, the word that brought faith to your heart. So when you and I heard the word of Sal, we heard about Jesus, something in our heart told us, he can forgive me. I've just heard he forgives sins. He can forgive me all my sins. He can write my name in the Lamb's book of life. He can change me. I used to be where I was before, but he can change me. And you believed it. That produced faith in your heart. And he says, that word, which is in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith, which we preach. Now, what we preach is the word of faith. Every teacher, preacher, messenger, communicator, and speaker of the word, the goal of the message of the gospel is to produce faith in the heart of men. Faith to repent, faith to turn to God, faith to believe God. Faith to follow God. Hallelujah. Faith. As you are listening to me right now, something is happening. You are receiving a dimension of God that some things are possible. Healing is possible. Restoration of your body back to its state as created by the Almighty God is possible. It's possible. Anatomical, supernatural miracle is possible. Hallelujah. Now, that possibility is before you. You are hope for it. And faith delivers it. The winning faith can make it happen. Hallelujah. Praise God. It says, through the word of faith. Through the word of faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9. I love the way 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9 puts it. It says, receiving the end of your faith, which is the salvation of your souls. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, receiving the end of your faith. The outcome of this faith is that it delivers salvation. It delivers salvation. You know, it's wonderful to belong to a church family. It's wonderful to have a church history. I preach to people like, oh man, I've been to church all my life. But you know, if you've been to church all your life and the outcome and the end result of whatever you've been following after in church does not produce salvation of your souls. It's not true faith. It is religion. There's a big difference between faith and religion. You know, when you talk to an average person in the world today, they, they classify everything as religion. But we that are of the Spirit, we that are born of God, we that are operate by the Word of God, it's not religion. This is not religion. This is the oppression of faith. Faith can change and turn any situation around with your children, with your kids, with your spouse, with your finances, with your health, with your results in the ministry. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'll share some testimony, but let me say this. Fourth point, the winning faith is a speaking faith, is a speaking faith. Now, you cannot say you have faith and you don't speak right or speak at all. The winning faith is a speaking faith. It's not a boasting faith. 
There's a difference. You know, at times when men of God or women of God speak, it will look like they are just boasting. It's a speaking faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 6, it says, the righteousness of faith speaketh on this wise. So he's speaking. It's a speaking faith. Jesus said in Mark 11, verse 23, let's read that. Mark 11. In fact, anyone teaching the subject of faith, huh, there's no way you can talk about the subject of faith and not talk about Mark 11. Mark 11 perhaps is the robust, most robust um, scripture on faith. It says in Mark 11, verse 23. Thank you very much, sir. Awesome. Wow. It says, it says look at what it says. Mark 11, verse 23. Mark 11, verse 23. I was talking about, it said, but if, if you shall say to this mountain, you shall say, but verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain. Let me ask you a question. Are you speaking to the mountain? Because the winning faith is a speaking faith. You got to speak to it. You see, there's two dimensions of speaking. There is a speaking of agreement with the word of God. And that is what is called the homologia. That is, you're, you're confessing. It's literally a confession. You are speaking as a second witness. For he said, out of the mouth of two witnesses, a matter shall be established. There are three that bears witness in heaven, the, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And he says there are three that bears witness on earth, okay? The Spirit, the water, and the blood. Now, the water is the washing of water by the word. And the blood is the blood that speaks better. It is those two are speaking. And he said, these three agree as one. So, homologia is agreeing as one. You're speaking in consent what God has said in his word. That's one dimension of speaking. But there is a speaking of faith where you speak to the situation. And if you look at this verse, it says something here. It says, we shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things he said. He didn't say God's word. He said those things he said. Those things he said. Hallelujah. Now, this is a dimension of faith. And I'm praying you catch it. I am praying you catch it. Because there are so many things. When I get in the Spirit, I get in the Holy Ghost, I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit so that my mind will align in conformity with the will of God. When the prompting is there, that there's an alignment with the will of the Father, and if it's a situation I need to speak, I speak it forth. I speak it forth. Say to it. You got to speak to that tumor. You got to speak to those symptoms. Well, when you speak to it, it might not disappear immediately. It might not stop. But keep speaking. Women faith is a speaking faith. It's not a dumb, keep your mouth shut, wait until it happens, or let the will of God be done kind of faith. It is a faith that speaks to this mountain. Say to this mountain, I shall believe in his heart that those things he said will come to pass. He will have what he says. He will have it. 
Look at verse 24. He says, therefore, I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe. So there are two things here. When you pray, pray with the word of God, in agreement with the word, in consent with the word. But when you speak, you speak to the mountain. How many of you are ready to speak to every mountain of belief, every mountain of Satan in the name of Jesus? Whatever you don't like in your life, speak to it. It's the secret of operating the winning faith. You've got to speak to it. Somebody say, I am speaking to my mountain and I shall have I, what I believe. I am speaking to you, my mountain. I am speaking to my mountain. Why do we need to speak? The world itself functions on the laws of words. The Bible says we understand by faith that the words, the entire cosmos, its raw material was from the word spoken, the word of God. So when you speak to things, they respond. You speak to things, they respond. Speak to your trees, speak to your plants, speak to, speak to everything around you. They hear the word of God. They hear the word of God. Amen. They hear the word of God. Most times I tell people, I dedicate things. And people have questioned that doctrine. Why would you dedicate, dedicate a laptop, dedicate a, a table, dedicate a house, dedicate... I dedicate things because I've seen in scriptures that God told Moses, dedicate all the things that will be used even in the temple. That means anything you will use for my glory, sanctify it, separate it, dedicate it. So I dedicate things. Don't wait and say, oh, it's not our house. We're renting it. No, dedicate it. <laughs> Amen. The time you pay for it is your house. It is where you're living. Dedicate that bed because you can be sleeping and you don't know those things created, they hear. They hear. The wood is from a tree. The tree is alive. They hear. The genes is still in. They can hear. Your tree, your wood, your, listen to me. Your bed can turn into something else at night when you are under an attack. Your bed can become God's flying chariot. You don't know that. Dedicate it. Speak to it. Speak to it. The winning faith is a speaking faith. I dedicate my car and every car I pray for, I say, you are a chariot of fire. Those of you who have asked me to dedicate your car, you know, I say that. I say, this will become chariot of fire. No out of the wicked come near you. Amen. Speak the word. Speak the word. It's a, it's, it's a speaking faith. Receive that faith today in the name of Jesus. Receive that faith. I say receive that faith today in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in Hebrews 11, verse 32 to 33, as I round up with the last point, it says, time will not permit me to tell you of heroes of faith, of Gideon, of Jephthah, of David, and he says of Samson, who subdued kingdoms, who, who, who subdued kingdoms, who shook kingdoms. Most importantly, who shot the mouth of lions? Who shot the mouth of lions? Thank you, sir. Let me read it from here. Thank you. It says, time, let's read it here. It says, what more shall I say? For time will fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, of Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel, and prophets. 
our heritage, family of faith, who through faith subdued kingdoms, walked righteousness. Okay, I missed that. Obtained promises, but they stopped the mouth of lions. The only way you can stop the mouth of lions, mouth of witches and wizards and people speaking negative against you is having the speaking faith. Your faith must be speaking. Your faith must be speaking. Many people don't know that there are those that all they do is release curses into the atmosphere. They release curses. There are, there are people in your household speaking from an altar. There are sacrifices speaking. You speak back to it. Amen. Like Bessie Idahosa, the Bible says, the story had it. God told him, if you don't conquer that tonight, he said, this is the night of taking demonicity. And he took each sacrifice. He will carry them. He say, in the name of Jesus, whoever put this sacrifice like this, and as I'm smashing this pot, let their heart be smashed. And he was smashing the pot from one city junction to another. And in the morning, people were dying. People were just dying. Hear a man or woman with a speaking faith. Lastly, the winning faith is a wearing faith. You see, it is immature for children of God not to learn warfare. If you're a pastor and you say, no, I just don't want Satan paying attention to my people. I, I don't do warfare. All those warfare, warfare. I just tell them, believe. Just believe. Once you believe that it, God takes care of it. They will believe, but that will even make Satan pick interest in them. And a lot of people have not been taught spiritual warfare. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, 8 to 9. 1 Peter chapter 5, 8 to 9. He was talking about the reality of the world we live in. The reality that, look, in the world we live in, you don't even need to be the aggressor. There's already an aggressor around. The word of God calls him like a roaring lion. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, let's do this quick. 1 Peter chapter 5 from verse 8, it said, be sober, be vigilant. That means be a soldier and a guard. He said, because you adversary the devil. The Bible calls the devil our adversary. We cannot rename, we cannot repackage, we can rebrand the devil. He said, the devil your adversary. As a roaring lion walks about, seeking whom he may devour. That don't sound like a friendly language. He wants to devour your purity. He wants to devour your chastity. He wants to devour your confidence in God. He wants to crush it, devour it. It's a room you resist fastly. That means you, you mount a resistance, a bulwark. You know, my wife and I, we went to San Juan, and one of the things we saw in the San Juan was a fort. And that fort was built by the Spanish. The Spanish built that fort because it was a strategic position to protect the U.S. territories that they've taken from the French, from the Britons, who were all bringing their warships to take it. But do you know the interesting thing? That... Though the Spanish built that fort, they had to defend it for 400 years before it was taken over by at least the English and then the Americans eventually took it over. Now, they built a fort. And that's what the Bible says. 
you, you, you have a ground in Christ. You stand in his righteousness. But as a thought, you've got to resist steadfastly in faith. You do it in faith. There are times, some things is not prayer, 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 Shabbat, Shabbat. Some, people, some things is standing steadfast in faith. That's all. Standing step, remain in faith. God has said it. I believe it. I'm not, it's not changing. That's what God has said. And you move on. He said, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world, not just you. The test and trial of faith, my sister, is not just you. You won't be spared. The enemy will not say, oh, you are different. I'm not going to come near you. I pray that God will bless his word in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message. We love to stay in touch and to see you at one of our events. You can find out more about us on our website at prayer-huddle.com. Email us at feedback at prayer-huddle.com or on our Instagram at prayer underscore huddle.